You are listening to episode 13 of the Take the Reins podcast with Nikki Porter. Welcome and thanks for stopping by. You're listening to Take the Reins, a weekly personal growth podcast for horse owners. If you're invested in becoming the best version of yourself in all your relationships, both human and equine, this is the spot for you. Through our conversations, you will learn how to become a stronger communicator, leader, and deepen the connection you crave both in and out of the arena. Horses have an awful lot to teach us, yet very little of it actually has to do with horses. They reflect back to you who you are emotionally, physically, and energetically. They are a mirror to your soul, and it is time to take an honest look at who you are and who you want to become. I can't wait to connect with you, so here we go. Welcome and thanks for coming back. Today's episode is not going to be a long one, but I tell you it is such an important one. This is a topic that has come up a few times over the last few weeks for me, and it's something that I'm really invested in teaching and allowing people to be able to begin to trust the decisions that they're making, but also make those decisions from an informed, educated, and conscious space versus making choices for other people or for different reasons that don't necessarily flow with who they want to be and and where they want to be going in life. So my last individual episode, I talked about really having the confidence or the ability to make choices that go against the norm. Now, this is another conversation about making choices, but it's taking it in a slightly different direction. Now, I know this topic could be slightly controversial in some ways. I'm going to try to make it as clear as possible that I am not saying in any way, shape, or form that anyone should not do A, B, C, or D, or whatever example that I'm going to be using in the episode. However, I think that it's very important that as we discuss this topic, that we we keep an open mind and really think about the whys and the hows of why we're making these decisions and then how we can make them to be able to tap into what we're looking to have in life and to be in life and what we want our horses to be like. So this is what we're going to talk about today. I want to be able to encourage people that when you're making choices for whether yourself or your horse, I want you to ask yourself one simple question question. Will this serve who I want to become? Or if we're now talking about whatever decision you might be making for your horse or the direction that you plan on taking your horsemanship or whether it be a a change in discipline or a selection of discipline, will this serve in creating the horse that I want? So we're going to talk about the personal side of things a little bit first, and then I'm going to move into the horse side of things. So oftentimes I hear people having a hard time making a choice about something that they want to do. Is this something I should do? Or they're looking for someone else to give them an answer. 
And what I really, really want people to start tapping into is that inner knowing of who they want to become. So first, in order for you to be able to do that, you have to sit down and get serious, whether it be that you journal this out or you have a conversation with someone or you sit down and you meditate on it, whatever it might be. But you have to have a clear picture of who you are right now and then who you want to become. And then you're going to start making choices around that person in the future. So this can go as far down as having specific conversations or choosing your language or choosing what you're going to eat today or choosing whether you're going to go for a walk today or choosing whether you're going to journal today. So it's all these little decisions that if you're sitting on the fence Mel Robbins has a fantastic way of rocketing us into action and making us do things that maybe we're feeling oh, a little sluggish about, don't really feel like doing that. And she has the method of counting five, four, three, two, one, let's do it. So I encourage you, if on the other side of this decision, whatever that might be, so let's say for myself, I'm laying in bed and my alarm goes off and I would love to roll over and go back to sleep, but I also know that I want to be able to feel the relief of being on time. I want my future self to be someone who prioritizes being on time by being prepared ahead of time. So Yes, when I think about it, yes, this does serve the person I want to become, but oh my gosh, it would be so great just to be able to stay in bed a little bit longer, and then I can snap into Mel Robbins' method and be like, five, four, three, two, one, get my butt out of bed and start my day off on the right foot. Now, this can go with literally anything you do. I want to make sure that you understand that you cannot have this technique work for you if you don't have a clearly defined picture of who you actually want to be in the future. Because otherwise, you're going to be able to come up with excuses or you're going to feel like, oh, I'm not really sure. Does this or doesn't it? You know, when you have a clear picture of who am I looking to become, and that's not because you're not good enough who you as who you are, not good enough where you are, but it's this growth mindset of always looking to be able to grow and become better and become a better version of yourself in the sense of you're looking to improve yourself so that your relationships are better and your responses are better and your overall well-being is better then maybe you are right now, and that could be by 1% tomorrow, but it's still a progression of being who you are right now, owning that, and then looking to become who you want to be. This simple question can be the thing that stops you from reacting versus responding or allowing your thoughts to get carried away and creating a story that isn't necessarily true. It's just something that you're fixating on and something that you're obsessing over because it's giving you something to do, but it's not offering you any sort of solution. So if, let's say, we'll use an example of your mind is really racing, so something's happened, it could, it could be at work. So let's say something has happened at work and your mind is racing and you've created these stories around the situation and you catch yourself in this moment of a frantic thought or frantic thinking, you can feel the tension in your body, you can feel the tension in your heart, you can feel the tension in your thoughts and 
and then tap into that and say, does this, this feeling, these, this story that I have created, does this serve who I want to become? And if it doesn't, if this isn't exactly how you want to feel in the future, then it gives you an opportunity to take a deep breath, focus in on your heart, be clear about your intentions in every situation, get very solid on who you were, what responsibility you have in each situation, and start to figure out, okay, where am I responsible? Is there something here that I can control? If there is not something here that I can control, it's now my responsibility to take my thoughts off of that situation and onto where I am right now, who I am right now, how I'm feeling right now. And really take that time to start slowing your breath and feel into your body. And you might do that hundreds of times a day for the first while, maybe six months, maybe a year, maybe only like a week, depending on who you are. But when you're making choices, when you're having thoughts, when certain emotions boil up inside of you, I want you to catch that. Or as often as you can. It's not necessarily as easy as, oh, I'm just going to catch that. But as you catch yourself, as you become aware of the fact that you accept, you don't have to be happy with it, but that you accept where you are right now and who you are right now, but that there is a future self that is more evolved, that is emotionally better controlled, that is feeling more content in life, maybe they're feeling more abundant in love and money and anything else that they feel like they need more of in life. And when you start having that picture of that person, then you are ready to be in your mind able to catch yourself and say, oh, this isn't serving that person right now. And it will allow you to be able to change a thought maybe just to one slightly more loving thought. Maybe it will take your thoughts away from this situation that you can't control and back onto the present moment so that you can breathe into it. Find yourself. Find where you are right now. Find something you can control. So let's say the situation, let, we'll go back to the work situation. Let's say it has something to do with someone who is emailing you all the time. So this person is emailing you and and it's not productive and it's creating some sort of tension in your workplace for you or other people. And rather than going behind closed doors and having these conversations that this person's not being productive because they're doing this or because they're doing that, choosing an action that will then take control of the situation the best that you can And then also choosing to let it go when you leave work. So you might have to do this process many times on your way home, many times on your way to go and, you know, get groceries or get your children or many times while you're cooking supper or when you're laying your head down on the pillow and making sure that you're tapping back into how do I feel right now? How do I want to be feeling right now? And trying to make that shift from an unfocused thought pattern and energy into a more focused and controlled 
and deliberate thought pattern and energy. I want to talk a little bit about my own specific method when it comes to gaining a little more control. I I don't love the word control when it comes to thoughts, but gaining more space in my mind and having more time between my thoughts versus just having my mind run on autopilot. One thing that I have noticed is that when I don't have a creative outlet, my mind is more apt to run in a lot of different directions that are not very productive, not really looking to take me towards the person that I want to become. But if I'm in a headspace where I am looking to improve upon, I like to focus on one one thing at a time. So whether it be I'm focusing right now on my mental strength or my emotional strength or my physical strength or my spiritual strength, I really focus on one of those at a time. And when I'm doing that, any extra free time that I have, I'd almost get excited to be able to find something, a resource, an audiobook, a podcast, um, a video, something that during those times where I might have all of that time for my mind to wander off and do all these crazy things, I'm actually focusing my mind in on this creative, this educational, this growth opportunity that allows my mind to really focus in on this is what I want to learn right now and this is what I want to strengthen within myself. And then all of the other stuff, it gets taken care of. So work gets left at work. School gets left at school. The barn drama gets left at the barn. And when I have time, So, you know, time might be in the car, time might be when I'm doing chores, when I'm making supper, when I'm doing something that doesn't take a whole lot of physical or mental awareness, then I will really make sure that I have something to do or something playing. Sometimes I actually have silence and and deliberate silence. I create a silence or a silent environment in order to be able to think, but it's not to be able to think in a panic state. It's to be able to think in a creative, expansive, this is what I'm looking to uh, expand upon. This is what I'm looking to learn. This is what I want to learn more about. How do I create this? How do I learn this? And it's almost like a brainstorming session for myself versus a time where I'm going into recreating conversations that that is non-productive or putting my body into fight or flight because I'm feeling the emotions of a tense situation that I'm creating in my mind but isn't actually a reality in my life right now. It's just something that I feel like it might be a conversation I'm going to have in the future or maybe it was a conversation I had last week and I'm really putting my body back into that that physical stressed state just based on my thoughts. So I put a lot of effort into making sure that my mind is in a productive and relaxed and growth mindset as often as I possibly can. Now, does this mean that I don't ever get carried away in my thoughts and and swept away by an emotional response that I had and, and that I react versus respond? Absolutely not. 
Um, I catch myself and sometimes I don't catch myself. And I have noticed on the, a regular basis now after doing a lot of this mental and emotional work that I will find myself often with no thought versus a panicked thought. Now, I notice myself more often when I go into more anxious thoughts or when I go into more stressed thoughts or when I'm holding tension in my body unnecessarily or if I meet someone this is an interesting one. If I meet someone and I'm having a emotional or physical response to them for whatever reason that might be, maybe there was a past interaction with them that caused me stress or um, some sort of extreme emotion, or maybe there hasn't been and, and I'm just worried about something happening in the future. And so during those times, it's really important first of all, for me to notice that those things are happening. And so I am much more able to notice those things happening now. Uh, and then I can reflect on them later. But there have been times, and this has probably been more recently than in the last six months, that I will feel an emotion really well up. And some words will come out um, that, you know, are aligned or aligned with that emotion and is not necessarily a very pretty one. So the words aren't very pretty as well. And then I am able to actually come down off of that a little sooner. So instead of replaying it over and over and holding on to it and recreating that same chemical and physical response in my body to the emotion that I just felt, I'm able to let it go because I've put so much time and practice into this. But again, it takes a long time. And I really encourage you to have patience with yourself. You might ask yourself hundreds of times a day, does this serve the person I want to become? And if you do, that's perfectly fine. Just keep on going with it and answering and then making a choice on the other side of that. So let's take this time to flip the switch to our horses now. So now that we have an idea of really asking ourselves that question of, does this serve the person that I'm looking to become? We can now transfer that into our decision-making around our horses. And you can still ask that question of yourself in your decisions that you're making with your horses. So whether it be that you're choosing a discipline or whether it be that you're choosing to go to a specific horse show or whether you're going to allow someone else to ride your horse, whatever it might be, maybe it's, it's sending them to a certain trainer, then you can ask that question around yourself. So it can be a personal thing, but I really encourage you to start thinking about what you're doing with your horse and if what you're asking them physically to do for you is serving the horse that you're looking for them to become. Now, more often than not, when people bring their horses to us, the first concern that they have is they want their horse to be safe. And that is their number one, their horse absolutely should feel safe to them. They understand that a horse is a horse, but Overall, they want their horse to be less reactive, less anxious, more confident, more connected. And so that's really what we we work to achieve with these, these horses and these riders. But 
in and along with that conversation, we need to be having the conversation about the choices that people are making with their horses and what they plan to be doing with their horses and what is conducive to a horse with a soft body, a soft mind, um, a horse that is trusting of a situation, a horse that's confident and, you know, a horse that is less apt to go into a self-preservation mode and more apt to be in thinking mode. So there's lots of different things that we can do with our horses and lots of different disciplines that we can do. You know, sometimes people really enjoy just owning a horse to trail ride and some people like to own a horse never to trail ride and they only ever want to be in an arena because they like the security of the fence around them. Some people really only own a horse because they love the competition. They love going to a competition. They like they they might not even love preparing for a competition. They just really love being in that ring and feeling the adrenaline for whatever it may be. When we're sitting down and we're having a internal conversation or maybe you're having a conversation with someone else about what it is that you want to do with your horse, it's important to ask ourselves What do we want our horse to be? So, you know, what are some things that you would like to improve in your horse? And what would, what would be your ideal horse? Are they soft? Are they connected? Um, You know, are they thinking with you? If you could have a clear picture in your mind of what that horse is, what would that be? And then separate that for a second and start thinking, now, what do I want to do with my horse? Like what ideally do I want to be doing? And when it comes to selecting, let's go for a discipline right now. When it comes to selecting a discipline, lots of different people select disciplines for different reasons. So, you know, some people like to do show jumping because they enjoy the adrenaline of it. I used to be a hunter rider. I was not into, I'm not an adrenaline person anyway. So I loved the control, the aesthetic of it. I loved a perfect hunter round. Now, with that being said, I knew that selecting hunter versus jumper for me was the right thing to do. And now switching into the Western world, I have recently made a switch into reining because it embodies that same idea of the aesthetic, that beautiful aesthetic of horse and rider, as well as the technical side and the individual side. So when I think of these disciplines that people are choosing, it's really important that we look at what that discipline requires of our horse mentally, emotionally, and physically in order for them to complete the task at whatever level we're looking to have them at. So a lot of times people are making choices for their horses because in the moment it seems like it's going to be a whole lot of fun, right? So somebody might call us up and they're like, oh, well, there's this great little show or so-and-so is doing this with their horse or they're going to this clinic and I think you should come. And there's not necessarily the thought on the other side of that conversation around what is required of my horse for this task to be done or for this class to be written in or for me to participate in this clinic. You know, sometimes what happens is that we really make these choices to do things with our horses based on our own emotional needs or whether it's ego or whether it's I don't know, you know, our our need to fit in, whatever it might be, but we really want to do the thing. And then we don't take in account 
what that might be doing to our horses or or if our horses are ready for that or if it's going to undo another part of our training. And then it's not reflected on until the end has taken place and maybe somebody has gotten hurt or maybe our horse has taken off with us or bucked us off or done something that has made us kind of change our opinion about them. But if we really look at the situation, if we look at it clearly, did we put them in a situation that was conducive to them feeling confident and ready and connected? And if not, then we have to start having that real talk with ourselves about whether that's the right choice for them or not. And if it isn't, so let's say I really do want to go and be able to do the relay races and be able to do the barrel racing and be able to do the pole bending at a specific speed and at a specific level before my horse is ready, then maybe I go and I lease a horse that is already at that level while I do the slow work to build my horse up and take the clinics and take the lessons to be able to teach them properly to do the job, to be able to create the horse that I'm looking for on the other side of it. So I encourage you, if you have your horse at home and you're wondering, you know, I wonder what I should do with them. I wonder what they would be good at or I wonder what direction we should be going in. I encourage you to ask the question, what type of horse am I looking for them to become? And then look at the different disciplines or look at the different activities that you might be able to do and ask yourself, will that serve that horse that I'm looking for them to to become? Now, there is no right or wrong in any of these situations unless the expectation is not matching what choice is being made. So if you feel like your horse is doing things wrong and they're not, you can't trust them or they, you know, they're bucking you off or they're taking off with you or they're doing things in situations that you don't like. You don't, that's not the type of horse you want. I want you to really look at, am I putting them in situations that are conducive to them being brought about and being trained and being turned into the type of horse that I am looking for. Now, I hope that that makes sense, really keeping in mind that whatever it is that you choose to do with your horse is 100% up to you. It is not someone else's call to tell you that you can or can't, unless it's not good for the well-being of your horse. But if you want to go and and chase cows, then that's totally up to you. If you want to go and jump colored sticks, that's totally up to you. But if your horse is not presenting behaviors that line up with the horse that you really want to be riding, then it could be that you just need to start making some slightly different choices in order to help maintain that horse or help build that horse from a slower level. Maybe what you wanted from your horse has changed lately. So, you know, during a transition in my life, when I went from being in the hunter world and then going into the Western world, I had never done anything with speed before other than cross country, but cross country really didn't make me overly comfortable. So I didn't do it at too high of a level, but 
I had never done anything with my horse solely based on the adrenaline side of it where I, you know, I left the ring and was like, man, that was, that was so exciting. So when I switched over into Western, I actually got into um, penning and sorting and I started to feel that rush. And then I realized that it wasn't the rush that was going to keep me in the game. It was going to be finding the technical side of that game and having those horses be able to work with me without coming into miscommunications, without feeling like I was making them do things that were uncomfortable or frightening or whatever else and building their confidence to be able to be successful at the game and be proud of my horsemanship at the same time. I had to learn what is it that I want to change about my game that will help create the horse that I want to ride in this discipline, in this game, whatever it may be. And now I'm learning to do that in a whole other discipline, the discipline of reigning where I'm looking and saying, what style, what horse do I want to be riding and how do I help maintain that in my training, in my shows, in my clinics, whatever that may be, whatever choices that I make for that horse. So I hope that this made sense for you today. It was something that I really felt like I needed to get off my chest a little bit. I needed to be able to talk about and I hope that it helps you to be able to make a choice whether in your own personal life or with your horse and be able to sit down and have that clear picture of where you are right now and I really caution you to not skip this step. Do not be tempted to only look at where you want to go without assessing where you are right now and become accepting of who you are and where you are and that, you know, the past is in the past and what has ever happened in the past has brought you to where you are today in order to be able to get to where you want to go in the future, both within yourself and with your horse. I hope that you have a fabulous week and that you're enjoying life and your horses and I will talk to you again next week. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for choosing to spend your time with me. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please leave a review and share it with your friends. To learn more about me and what else I have on the go, skip on over to NikkiPorter.ca. Thanks again for listening, and we'll connect again next week. Until then, remember, you have the power to take the reins and live the life you've always wanted. You just have to step into the arena with an open heart and an open mind. (laughs) 